You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. So you're doing well? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, doing well. It's Friday. Uh, getting some interesting weather here. We're getting some of those storms blowing through the, I guess, blowing through the Midwest, and we're getting a bunch of wind and rain right now, so... You're in Shenandoah Valley? Yeah, Shenandoah Valley, you know, Blue Ridge Mountains. Little, I'm in a town called Stanton. And if you look it up on the map or if you ask Google Maps, so you would think it's, you know, Staunton. But we're Stanton, about like 45 minutes west of Charlottesville, where University of Virginia is. Wow. Uh, 20 minutes south of Harrisonburg, where James Madison University is. But yeah, a little uh, like 20 square foot town or 20 square mile town. Uh, just, yeah, nestled in the mountains here. It's nice. Uh, I'm born and raised in Virginia for the most part. Lived here all my life, except we uh, took a brief detour to Colorado Springs for about six and a half years. Okay. And lived out there. Um, and came back to Virginia back in 2020. So, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice uh, chatting with you. I might as well introduce you to everybody. Uh, yeah. R- Ryan Brosmer, uh, good, great, okay comics. Um, we uh, connected on uh, Instagram and uh, did an image for the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And just, uh, I just want to say, as part of the spirit and nature of things, nice, nice to have you hop on and, uh, and you know pop onto the show and talk some comics and talk you know this and that so i really appreciate you on the show but uh welcome to the podcast great yeah i'm happy to be here you know really appreciate you know when you first reached out it was you know i'm so used to uh someone reaches out to me in a dm on instagram i first assume it's a scam yeah right Um, (laughs) but you know uh i started you know i looked around and looked at your show and i'm like man there's people i know on here this guy's legit it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah Thank you. Was, uh, it's yeah, like one of those people like I sidle up on you and sneak up on <laughs> yeah. you. I'm like, whoa. And you're like, okay, wait a second. Where this dude come from? But uh, yeah. all right. Like there's something, some, some sort of jazz he's got going on. So I, I appreciate the energy. And, uh, you know, I used to live out, um, uh, out in Washington, DC for a couple okay. years. Um, I'm from Rhode Island originally, but my first stop outside of that, area where I grew up in uh, was Washington, D.C., and uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, that whole area okay. there. Yeah. Worked in a bookstore over the uh, over in Bethesda, but I would make it over towards Virginia, you know, for concerts and, and things like that. And uh, I know the area, not, not specifically where you are, but within the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, just a very uh, a beautiful area area very inspiring i think of writers i think of uh william styron and i think of um writers of uh, virginia ilk you know when i when i think of those areas is that kind of romantic or is there's there's something there no absolutely there's something there actually you know last weekend in charlottesville they hosted the annual uh, virginia festival of the book that happens which is a a very kind of prestigious uh, weekend event that happens annually um, that I haven't been able to get to uh, since moving back, but they have, yeah, that's Charlottesville is a very literary town and then it spills out. Um, and then obviously Richmond 
Um, I know they have a, a big, you know, the James River Writers Group um, is a large organization out there, but it's uh, definitely a good place to be. And, you know, I, I grew up, um, you know, outside of D.C. I was in Loudoun County, um, where, is where I was born and grew up through middle school. My dad grew up in Maryland um, in the you know, Silver Spring area. Actually, my grandparents lived up there for a while, so I uh, spent a lot of time up there. And then DC, obviously, taking field trips there. Yeah, a little bit, like a little every bit. other weekend oh, sure. in school when you live up there. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Seen every Smithsonian museum about five times. Yeah, I can. I, I'm thinking now about maybe if uh, if that is lined up for your trips. How if you are near, you'd be like, well, you know, DC's all right, but I've seen it a bunch. You know, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, you know, as a kid, yeah, you know, yeah. like if you're in the wrong museum as a kid or an adult, you're in the wrong museum. So. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, we so, loved it. I'm the youngest uh, of three brothers, so we were always up there having fun at the you know, Air and Space Museum, Science Museums. Excellent. Yeah, tell tell uh, tell the listeners about the good, great, okay comics. You know, it it caught my eye. I um, I'll just say, just my impression was like, um, I was excited by the, I don't know, the 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 playful energy within it, and um, it just it just really was like really cool to see a lot of the things that you do. So I connected with it in that way, but um, you want to talk a bit about like the, the work you th- you've done and um, you know, things you published yeah. and uh, what your angle is, you know, what, what yeah, are you looking at things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a self-taught artist. Um, I like to say, you know, I've been making comics my whole life, except for a break between ages, you know, 10 and 32. Um, I grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons, um, you know, back to growing up in Northern Virginia, I had access to the Washington Post. We got that every day. And, you know, one of the best newspaper cartoon sections in the country. Yeah. Um, so cool. you, know, that you was, read that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every day they had, you know, kids post section. Um, so just very formative. And, you know, I, I, part of when I was growing up, you know, I thought being a newspaper cartoonist would be the coolest thing. Um, for a while, I wanted to be a, a paper boy when I grew up. Um, then, you know, I was making cartoons and comics as a kid. Grew up, kind of, you know, stopped drawing. I, I decided I wasn't very good at drawing, so I wasn't going to keep up with it. Um, and then, you know, later on in life, I decided, you know, that's, that's just an excuse that I made for myself. I'm going to get back and, sure. you know try this it's always something i wanted to do i was always jealous of people who could draw um and you know i find i settled into kind of a a style that i think fit my capabilities that i became happy with that was you know inspired by those cartoons that i grew up with and you know it's, it's fun for me to create um and fun for me to see you know people's reaction to that um and I kind of settled that it was, you know, I enjoy creating things that, you know, just by happenstance tend to be appealing to, you know, a younger audience, um, you know, kids, comics, middle grade, YA, call it what you will. Um, but, you know, I realized I'm not going to be making, you know, the overly serious indie comics that I love to read. Yeah, um, sure. And it sure. inspire me. Um, I pull, you know, I draw influence from, but 
I don't have any interest in drawing that. You know, uh, I've tried to kind of take that angle, you know, write some serious autobio, write some, you know. Uh, That's tough. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to reflect on, on my life. You know, I kind of use, I like the cartoony escapism of it all yeah, um, yeah, yeah. for myself. And, you know, I don't want to dwell on, on real life when I sit down to draw. You know, I like to, you know, escape into a different world. Um, that's kind of what I settled on, and it's you know kind of the zany, just out there wacky cartoon style um, that resonates with me, and luckily has resonated with other people. I think. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for sharing that too. And um, you know, we'll talk some more about the ways to connect to your art right at, yeah. at the end. But uh, everybody, good, great, okay, comics. Uh, we're chatting with Ryan Brosmer, and it's a it's a kick. Um, kind of the connection we're able to make here. Um, uh, reporting, connecting with uh, Ryan from uh, the Oregon coast in the Hasita Head uh, Lighthouse. There's a bed and breakfast, and had planned this out to be out this way. Supposedly, there's a. Uh, uh, a presence possible of uh, a woman who is looking for her child seemed to be generally uh, benevolent, not a negative spirit, but a little uh, noisy or sharp elbows and <laughs> sharp elbows into walls at times. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's a real treat to connect here. And, and like I said, um, and we were chatting a bit about, uh, about Virginia and um, you know, I, I appreciate you chatting about like that, that, the writing and in some of that environment, I like to kind of connect with what, what that vibe is. And, you know, there's a great piece about that I found around Washington, DC, which is a complicated area, um, yeah. you know, socially and politically, but I found that the demand for thinking and thought and policy and technology and particularly growing media in Washington, DC is a good fertile ground for people who, use their mind a lot and want to create things. So um, people have different impressions of that area. I've always felt pretty electrified, not electrified like after New York city, but electrified yeah. in my head with art and the Washington post or whatever, just reading papers or whatever, you know, and, and magazines and stuff. So uh, it's good to catch you over that way. Um, and, and, uh, and, uh, so, um, tell us a bit now, uh, I, I don't know if anything came up. Uh, he had, uh, reached out, uh, late feelers to the, uh, some folks about any, uh, topics you might want to, uh, kick around. It's a little bit of an open, uh, forum, but did you get any, uh, weird comments or we need to make any uh shout outs to things uh in your area or thing that uh, things that you find pretty jazzy um no i didn't i think i posted my my call for questions a little too late i should have thought if i had thought about that sooner i would have got that up yesterday so i didn't get any uh any no one asking me to spill the tea no no one asking me to uh, reveal any secrets here I got one uh, from Uncle Vinny from the, from the Bronx who says this guy <laughs> seems pretty. This guy seems pretty cool. Keep going, <laughs> keep go going, buddy. So hey, there we go. We, we got we go. There. I we appreciate got that. There. Straight from the Bronx. Uh, Can't argue with that. Washington Capitals fan. Uh, when it comes to yes. hockey, do I take? Okay, tell me, tell tell me about that. You have space and room for hockey. Uh, this is a very generally friendly space uh for hockey <laughs> folks of all time I know, I and know. and i love i love i love the shot of ovechkin 
uh, <laughs> I respect the the capitals. I'm very interested in them. But tell tell us here's your capital space. Tell us uh, tell us capital stuff. Yeah, no. So actually, uh, I was telling the story uh, to some friends recently. We were talking hockey. And I ended up doing a little comic about it that I posted on Instagram a few weeks back of, you know, kind of how I got into into hockey and specifically into becoming a Capitals fan and how it's a, an embarrassing story from my childhood that, you know, has haunted me to this very day. <laughs> and you know, I felt I had to illustrate it, but it was third grade. I had my first, uh, call him the, my first cool guy teacher. Um, you know, I was a young, impressionable kid. Sure, that can be um, important, yeah. Yeah, it was great. He, his name was Mr. Rudnick. Um, so right. shout out Mr. Rudnick. All right. I have not talked to him since third grade, but I know he is now an elementary school teacher in Northern Virginia. Thank or you. elementary school principal All in right. Northern Virginia. Um, but he was from Philadelphia. And I wanted to impress him so bad. I wanted to know. All I knew about Philadelphia was Liberty Bell, you know, history, whatever. Rocky, uh, maybe. Yeah, I, well, I decided I loved Philadelphia because I wanted to be friends with Mr. Rudnick. Uh, so one day, you know, I watched the Cavs first the Flyers game. My parents let me put it on TV, and I watched the game start to finish. It was the first hockey game that I really, you know, remember sitting down and watching, choosing to watch. And I let my parents, uh, or my parents let me bring in the Washington Post sports page the next day. And I was very excited be able to talk about the game with Mr. Rudnick and talk about my newfound love with the Philadelphia Flyers. And he's, you know, he didn't realize I was such a big hockey fan and neither did I. Right. Um, but we lay out the paper and start looking at it. And, you know, I tell him, you know, I love, love the Philadelphia Flyers so much. And, you know, especially their cool Eagle logos. I guess. I think that's the Washington Capitals logo. <laughs> I had no idea what I'm talking about just trying to impress this man and he just laid it on me straight and then I fell from then on I had to lean into it and Capital prove that I knew team. what I was talking about Hey, but I also I also learned that I really ground. enjoyed liking, watching hockey <laughs> stake your ground Once you, sometimes you stake out ground that's, that's too far out you're like look yeah. I'm out here anyways I'll stick with it yeah yeah and he knew I needed to be set in my place. He, he could tell. You know, I was trying too hard. I appreciate it. It was a lesson learned. But it, yeah, that, that has haunted me to this very day. Well, it's I know <laughs> it's been there's some tribulations this season, and I uh, oh yeah, I'm a two top uh, hockey team growing up with the Boston Bruins, and my second team uh, Winnipeg because of my oh. strange connection to the Winnipeg Jets, which I talked to with. Uh, a cartoonist, creator, musician, Nick Friesen, a few episodes back. And, uh, so anyways, that was, that was that there, but, um, uh, enjoy the, enjoy the ability to talk about hockey. All right. From hockey to, I want to hit you with uh, a couple of questions, give you opportunity to kind of wrangle with, um, wrangle with art, you know, and absolutely in, in creativity. I wanted to see, uh, Ryan, what your opinions were about, uh, what is art? What, what what is it i take you know the the very open approach of you know i i i'll consider anything art if you if the creator considers it art it's art um you know that that's all i need um 
you know, I'm not going to judge what, you know, what you're creating, how you're creating it. If it's meaningful to you, the process, the creation, you know, that's art. Um, you know, there's so many different types of art. Um, I don't think it's, I don't even know if you can, you know, categorize it by types. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's so wide open. Um, you know, I've, you know, always been driven to create in different forms, um, you know, music, writing, cartooning, painting, um, you know, it's, it's, it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's such a powerful force. Um, you know, I truly, you know, believe in it for, you know, it, its ability to, you know, heal, help you cope, help you express, um, and however you get that out. Um, I don't think it's up to anyone else to tell you whether it's art or not. Um, you know, everyone doesn't have to like it and that's up to, up to them. No, that's up to the beholder on the other side. Um, and, you know, I, I take an approach of, I know what I like when I see it or hear it or read it. Um, I'm not going to tell somebody what to like, uh, what's good, what's bad. Um, because I think, again, it's all valid. Um, as long as you're not doing something to actively harm someone yeah. with your, your, your art or your creation or, what you're doing in life and go for it. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. I like that vibe and I like, you know, the, just going in right, you know, on the point from the, the intention, you know, I think a lot about that and the intention of what Trump, somebody's trying to do, particularly around the topic of healing, which is I keep like, you know, what is the podcast about? Well, art, philosophy, weirdness, healing, you know, some, all these type of things, but I think of healing as, as that component. And when you have a way to do that, whatever that is for the artist, there's, there's something sacred about that again, without harming others, without, you know, what we might consider ill intentions and that could be debated, but you know, like about, you know, just, just maybe, um, right conduct or proper conduct and just being mindful of, things. So I, I like that piece of it because I think when I ask the question is it sometimes I feel whatever I'm mood I'm in, I'm in, right? Like if I just saw, um, the old guitarist by Picasso, uh, in the art Institute of Chicago and like that experience for me is pretty intense and I've seen it two or three times and I go outside and somebody says, what is art? And I'll be like, I'll tell you what art is. It's <laughs> right on the other side of the wall. Look at that Picasso from his blue period, you know, like, and, 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 you know, just pointing to how sometimes it's a discussion to have all around. Sometimes it's just the object itself. Look at that Picasso. I don't want to talk. Just look at it, you know? Um, but I appreciate, uh, your thoughts about really the the process, which I think is another component of it. And uh, how helpful has it been for you? You know, it's not all peaches and cream, I think, yeah. uh, as far as how it goes. But how how is creativity and tapping back into space that you allowed yourself for the way you wanted to express yourself? Like, what's that done for you? I mean, just, just talking about that, that healing component. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's actually been really important. Uh, when I r really sat down in, you know, this was, you know, late 2020, early 2021, um, decided, you know, I was really going to get back on this thing. Um, you know, going to focus on comics, 
kind of learn how to do that craft. Um, it actually came along with me deciding that to, to get sober from alcohol, actually. Um, and it came with, I'm going to sit down and draw every night and create something instead of I've got free time. I'm going to drink and hang out and yeah, stare yeah. at my phone, stare at the TV. Um, and if I don't, if I drink, I'm not going to draw. If I don't draw, I'm going to be mad at myself. Um, and that, that worked, um, you know, whether that, you know, healthy to be, you know, beating myself up as motivation, but small uh, efficient yeah. engine of hell, <laughs> but efficient, yeah. and efficient, or I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. You know, it started as, you know, I'm going to sit down with a, a sketchbook or my tablet and just draw something every night and maybe post it online, maybe yeah. keep it to myself. Um, and eventually it was, uh, I'm working on a comic book now and I'm going to work on a page a night and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do pencils. I'm going to do ink. I'm going to color. And next thing I knew, I wasn't drinking and I had a comic book ready to publish. Uh, Good on you. you know, that was yeah, my, my first book that came out in uh, late summer 2021 um, was, was the result of that initially. And yeah. Hey, in the end, it, you know, it's a it's a little funny, cartoony comic book, but um, there is that you know kind of behind the scenes of what got it there. Well, and I think that's that's the piece to dive into and and, and talk about. I have a sobriety from alcohol date of uh, these are the digits zero nine zero nine zero nine September nine two thousand nine, and so. As a kid, I've always been interested in numbers. I don't understand it all, but my brain's interested in numbers. Yeah. And when that number was tied to my stopping alcohol, I said, I can't give up 999. It's like <laughs> you're at the slots. It's a bad metaphor, analogy, whatever. But you know what I mean? You hit it. Like, yeah, I, me, it. like I hit it on the number. So, and I think in trying to do these type of things, when I've been around helping people get sober, get better, whatever way you want to put it, um, that whatever, whatever, if you need a thread, sometimes that extra thread, like carries you along. So you got the thread, you know, so good on you for, um, you know, good on, good on you for, uh, you know, and, and talking about that and, you know, tying art to that process, it just means more, right? Tell the story, yeah. right? Like that's what comes out of it. Like my early painting came out of me screaming. It doesn't mean that it's not mm, good or, or something like that, but it means that I was yelling and sometimes I yelled in ways that were appealing to me and others and other times I was yelling loudly and annoyingly. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I appreciate your, your thoughts around that. Well, in, in talking about uh, creativity and healing, the related question I have is the, the, the role of art. And you can roll into that and <laughs> expand, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> if you wish. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know, you know, art has, you know, it's, it's always kind of been a part of, you know, my my life, my process, um, in healing, um, you know, in, in high school and college, it was more music focused. Um, you know, I was trying to write songs. I was playing a punk and metal bands and, you know, kind of like you said, with, 
with your painting, you know, trying to scream it out yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, get, get over things that way. And that worked for a while. It scratched that itch. Um, and then, you know, it kind of, you know, faded away. I played in a variety of different bands over the years. Um, you know, did some, did some light touring here and there. Um, and then, you know, I kind of let that go away and it left kind of a void of creativity there uh, that I think was helping hold back or at least deal with. Let's do a pause record scratch there. When you're yeah. making, when you're making music, what, I mean, what, you know, uh, when you were playing or were you creating it, like, what was your vibe? I mean, what were you digging on? Yeah. So, um, you know, my first band was a punk band in high school with some of my best friends called Radio Contra. Uh, we were basically at the time a rancid cover band um, or a rancid ripoff band uh, with some Sham 69 covers thrown in. Um, you know, we, we were in kind of a, you know, a small town suburb of D.C., um, Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's smack dab between D.C. and Richmond. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And kind of gets you know, gets, gets an art scene that feeds off both. Um, so, you know, we, we were playing shows at the local VFWs and pool halls. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it was a great time. It was my first exposure to music. I was playing bass and doing some backup vocals and, you know, writing songs, you know, as yeah. much as three chord punk songs go. Um, and then from later on in high school, I was playing in, play, switched over to guitar playing in uh, more of a hardcore screamo band at the time uh, with a you know, few of the same friends and some other folks that didn't last as long, but some great memories. Um, and then after that in college, well, I was playing kind of solo, would do some solo stuff, solo acoustic. I would pick up anything with strings um, and, you know, my college years kind of unlocked my, long dormant love of country music. That's what I was raised on with my dad. Um, my first ever concert was Hank Williams Jr., Charlie Daniels Band, oh, wow. Randy Travis, wow. and one other, I can't even recall. But I got to see the Golden Fiddle. They had, they had a rolling museum. Um, so, you know, in college, I, I started getting into, you know, some of the some more classic country, some... Some of the more you know folk punk bands that were coming up at the time, um, you know, Against Me was you know really big when I was in college. Um, sure, sure. Bands like Defiance, Ohio, and that really influenced that era. Uh, and then I was at a, I became very good friends with uh, some guys that were very into the hardcore scene, and I ended up picking up and playing bass with them, um, and a, another kind of short-lived. Richmond, Virginia-based band that you know, we got some good little regional touring out of, played some great shows. Uh, so very cathartic music to play, very loud, very fast. Yeah, um, <laughs> get it out, get out of your uh, soul and bones, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know, post college, um, I started you know another project that I called Ryan B in the Dead Sea, that was you know very country folk blues inspired started out as a solo thing and i you know put out a couple of eps home recorded uh and then decided i was going to put together put together a little tour and a couple friends kind of volunteered 
if I wanted to fill out a backing band. Um, so I got a bassist and a drummer and we rehearsed for about three weeks before hitting the road for about a week and a half around the mid Atlantic, um, out to Tennessee and Kentucky and down in North Carolina, up into Maryland and around, um, and played, you know, a week full of shows where the sound kind of evolved back into a louder thing with this full band. Um, it was a great time. Um, there's actually a mini documentary out there. My, the guy who was playing drums has gone on to uh, have a pretty successful travel YouTube channel, and he did a, a little mini documentary um, while we were on that tour. And What's I your name? Back and watch. What's your um, name? So it's Katie and Eric. Um, Katie is spelled K-Y-D-E, but Katie and Eric, they're based out of Tokyo these days, uh, but they've traveled the world and documented it all very openly. And Cool. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. Yeah, I um, I was digging back in my head. Uh, I, uh, I I like seeing shows uh, in the D.C. area. And a very good friend uh, of mine, uh, Sean Brown, uh, was the lead singer for uh, Swizz in Dag Nasty. And I actually have four. Uh, I have eight tattoos, <laughs> and he's done four of them. Yeah. I'm going to bring this back around when he's done. <laughs> okay, very, very good. I'll leave it. So uh, take in the information I need to give you. But, um, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Sean, uh, haven't seen him in a while. And um, his partner, uh, Michelle Roberts, uh, very good friends of mine. And uh, so I have that strong connection over there uh, to that area. Also, another band I'll drop before you go. Uh, Loincloth, I think it was Richmond, uh, Virginia, which is... Uh, yeah a very good friend of mine's uh, brother. And I have, I tell you Portland, Oregon's the type of place where I found two loincloth albums that, you know, that I could purchase, which is pretty particular in my opinion, but yeah. go ahead, rock and roll, Ryan. Yeah. So, um, you know, I meant, I know I mentioned when we were talking before my, my journalism background and that also started in Fredericksburg, Virginia, at their uh, little hometown newspaper called the Freelance Star. And when we moved there, we, I, me and my brother, Michael, became friends with some folks, you know, our age, middle school and high school. I was 13 at the time, who uh, wrote for the youth section that the Freelance Star newspaper had. It was called the It section. Uh, and they covered music and movies and it was, you know, high schoolers and middle schoolers doing full-blown journalism, um, writing reviews, interviewing bands. So, you know, we decided, my brother and I, to go to one of these meetings and find out what it was all about. And the editor of this youth section was Dave Smalley of Dag Nasty and Down by Law. <laughs> 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 that's why i do this show right <laughs> so i i've known dave smalley since i was about 13 years old and <laughs> well folks i mean uh we're we're indulging ourselves uh ryan uh and and myself uh your host but um uh really connected to um uh, uh DC underground punk 90s. Yeah. Some of it depicted in a documentary called Salad Days. 
Um, so, uh, very nice to chat about this, but <laughs> folks, um, what I'm saying is related to what we're chatting and laughing about, which is uh, very wonderful and entertaining is that there's a lot of good, um, uh, particularly that documentary salad days on, on the scene to acquaint yourself with like, um, intense political energy, intense, uh, punk energy, intense yeah. scene energy. I, I really <laughs> dig on that. It's nice, nice to chat with you about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's good on the music. Now, when I did the record scratch to pull us off to make sure we did talk about music, uh, the question we were kicking around right then was the the, the role of art. And I just wanted to <laughs> open it back up and make sure, back, yeah. make sure if I <laughs> – 10 minutes ago when we went down this road, if he had other thoughts at that intersection. So, yeah, no. Yeah. So, so these days, you know, as, as I write, I find, you know, the things that I can turn into comics that I enjoy writing and drawing actually, you know, tend to stem from you know, my anxieties of just everyday life. Um, you know, without getting into writing, you know, kind of woe is me auto bio comics i channel these into you know, i think you know my style of uh, you know cartoonishness that still feeds off those those anxieties sure um, sure sure a lot of them you know I, i've written comics you know recently about you know the the situations that i come up with in my head while I'm walking my dogs in the morning and you know what would happen if you know one of them got off leash what you know they're sniffing around a, a sewer what happens if they slip out of their collar and decide to go investigate that sewer a little closer and just running these scenarios through my head as I'm, you know, walking my, my little, you know, docks and chihuahua and our golden doodle of, you know, what am I going to do? And, you know, I come home and write a comic and channel that in, you know, it's things that do, you know, really bother me or keep me up at night, but I get it out on, on paper and it seems silly, but, and that's how my brain works. And so I'll, I'll focus on, you know, worst possible scenario that could, that could happen in any situation, but I can try and make myself laugh about it and hopefully make others. Well, I, uh, well, I, I don't know how I'm going to bring it back to, uh, Sean Brown and dogs, <laughs> but I can Ryan, I don't know how, but I'm going to tell you how. So, um, Sean was a neighbor of mine and, uh, he said to me in particular, I was working at a bookstore, which is what English lit majors did back in the nineties. <laughs> and maybe they still do. I don't know. Um, but he, they were taking a trip and, uh, they're like, uh, Ken, can you take care of, of doggo? Now, Sean and Michelle taught me a lot very quickly about the, uh, pitbulls and how pitbulls are raised and it taught me a lot because i grew up in the city there's all these kind of ideas about what dog breeds are and stuff so they had a pitbull a wonderful beautiful dog um very strong and they're like hey can you take care of the dog when we're gone i'm like yeah you know being a good neighbor and they're my friends and everything and i was able to do it so the first time i took out doggo get to the sidewalk and he pulls off the leash and he looks at me, like kind of like sits back, you, you know, if the dog's going to sit back on the couch and like look at you and be like, I'm just telling you what I can do. So come put the leash back on and let's take a walk. And I'm like, OK, 
<laughs> that was a test. Yeah. So when you Especially mentioned some of the stuff around the dogs and animals, I was like, I get that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have kids. I worry about our our, our zoo crew here. You know, yeah. Four cats and two dogs. Of <sighs> all the relationships good amongst the animals. Oh, they get along great. It's wonderful. Yeah. It is nice to have that uh, big energy when everything's kind of feels pretty good around the house. That's yeah. a great thing for you to have. Um, I want to uh, kick out the question so we take care of all the the heavy lifting. You do weightlifting too, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we got weightlifting in. But let, <laughs> let me do this one, and you can you, you can answer this one with the you can answer it as something rather than nothing question with the weightlifting. I'll talk about it afterwards. <laughs> but the uh, the question I ask all guests is why is there uh, something rather than nothing? Um, I think you know touched on it a bit of you know for practical purposes of I needed something to fill my evenings um, for you know my my current cartooning trying to distract my brain from the the things that were leading to nothing um but i've just always you know had that need to create um and not to you know i don't want to say to leave a legacy that's you know that feels self-important but to leave something behind to leave some kind of mark um no matter you know no matter what it is it's you know kind of always been there in the background of you know, when I was making music, when I'm writing, uh, and I think it, it's even stronger when I'm drawing, painting, you know, doing, you know, making cartoons, you know, having something right in front of me that I'm literally, you know, watching coming as I bring it into existence. Uh, it's, it's a little thrilling on its own, um, you know, you know, scratches that creative itch. Um, and yeah, I sorry, just kind of rambling there. Um, <laughs> this show is friendly towards the development of 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 thought, including my own. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just that that need and drive to to create and uh, be able to see what I'm making, be able to show people what I'm making. Um, I don't know if it's you know trying to prove my worth to myself in you know some form or fashion um, that I have to be creating something. You know, I have a day job that's, you know, it's not a bad job, but it's a very mindless job. And I've been in the, you know, kind of the corporate world for the past decade since I got out of college. So I don't know if it's, you know, there, there's definitely some form of, you know, need, needing to do something for myself. Yeah. Um, that's satisfying. Well, I hear that too. And what you're saying, I mean, the, 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 the need for it, I think um, I've had the experience in, my life experience where I've known and interacted with just a lot of people, just a lot, a lot of people. And, um, you know, there's so much energy I think folks have towards, I don't know whether it's some component of themselves or how we define ourselves narrowly. There's these energies behind us that, um, I think with an artistic mindset or identity, there's a greater freedom to try to, channel those out because for me sometimes i'm like i'm under the auspices of an artist and like sounds weird but like don't fuck with me like yeah. like you need to have some sort of thing with like creation where you could be like i want I, I want to um 
I want to create and I, I want yeah. to do these things. And I think the word marks is something that really sticks out because I think of books, I think of sketching, I think of like leaving a mark and uh, that really sticks out for me as well. Um, and that desire is, it's well pointed, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it kind, of, it kind of took me a while to, you know, get, get to that point myself and, you know, be able to tell myself that, you know, I don't have to be doing this for anyone else. You know, I don't have to care if no one ever reads my comics, I'm still going to be drawing. Um, you know, I'm still going to be doing this, doing this for me. It, and I had to, you know, get over that and convince myself of that. And I wish I had done it earlier in life with a lot of things. Um, but I'm glad I have. And I would encourage anyone to have that conversation with themselves. If, you know, doubting, doubting yourself in any form. Um, push the energy, you know, push, yeah. push, push the energy, push some of that out. Like, even if it's sloppy in a bit, just try to find some space um, for it. It doesn't have to be prepackaged. Uh, we close ourselves yeah, down absolutely. a lot, man. I mean, I I think we all do. Like, uh, this is what I can do this at this time. And then, and then when you cast some of it aside, you're like, huh. I'm not even quite sure where that thought came from. <laughs> I might have floated in a long time ago, un unanalyzed or something. So, yeah, I've had, I've had ideas. I've had comic ideas sitting in my head where I, and I tell myself or in the past I've told myself, you know, I'll get to this when I, when I can draw good enough, when I think I can, you know, do this justice. And, you know, there's some truth to that, you know, I'm going to sit down and sketch some things out, but you know, I got to the point, I was like, why, what, what do I mean once I'm good enough? Like I'm, I'm comfortable in my style of, you know, I've established this, you know, I'm going to get this out. Um, and just put it on paper. What am I waiting for? Go, go, go in and do it for it. Hey, uh, this is a podcast, right? And I got uh, created the one of the first, or let's just call it the first. I say that each time I say it. Uh, podcast superhero, the uncomfortable uh, but important hero of Cyrambe, the cyborg Harambe avenging spirit, whose story is yet to be told it has been written but it's yet to be told you know so you gotta dive into some of this stuff Absolutely. i mean because uh because you can in tapping into that and uh, if it's absurd or if i want to walk around and declare that there's a podcast superhero avenging spirit that i can because it now exists and I will. So uh, I appreciate your, it's there. <laughs> I appreciate your art and contribution uh, to the show. I will say it's a slight a prelude to a conversation I'll have with um, Bonnie Bloomgarden of Death Valley Girls uh, oh, and yeah. things in the sky and UFOs and the fantastic. So I think these things are woven together and thanking you for your, uh, your contributions to this galaxy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where Glad to folks, be of service. Where, where do folks, Ryan, where do folks uh, find your stuff? Tell us where to, tell us where to look around. Uh, mainly for, for my art, I've, you know, taken up base on Instagram uh, at awful quiet, which um, I you know, try and tell people is not just a screen name, but a descriptor, you know, normally normally not talking too much so you this is the most i've talked you know about my art or anything in a while so appreciate you bringing me out oh um, my pleasure yeah 
yeah and other than that you know i've got a shop portfolio site uh good great okay comics.com yeah and, and and it's important to mention that website too because i know um uh recent guests who put out zines and things like that i've had yeah. a lot of listeners be like if you're into zines and you're into some of that energy and the small collectibles they can be affordable um, you know, resources can be tight for some folks, but if you're thinking about getting art that's affordable, that is tradable, that's, um, has good energy, if you tap into that, then, um, the website's a good place to check out and, you know, get some, yeah, get some good stuff. And, yeah. And I certainly, you know, uh, part of, you know, my whole thing, I try and keep things accessible, um, you know, price wise and, you know, content wise, I want anyone to be able to pick up one of my books. I keep everything, you know, cheap. I'll give I'll give my comics away if someone asks, as long as I know it's going to someone who's going to appreciate it. Um, you know, if there's anyone out there who wants to trade, wants to swap, you know, fellow creators, I'm always interested. And I, you know, I'm a consumer of comics, plenty myself, always have been. Um, so, always... well, we're creating we're creating more of that. Um, we got a website, um, something rather than nothing dot com that uh we're building up but i think the idea um with the collective idea behind the show and being able to share in exchange um create the space for that so we're going to try to do more and more to kind of get uh make it easier for folks to access uh your work and of course if you're in the virginia area uh, checking out uh, Ryan. I am very close to what I consider a mecca of uh, cinema and film and comic book creators in Portland, but in Oregon yeah. in general. Um, it's a, a vibrant climate, and my jaw dropped when I first got here because I didn't know that so many comic creators were from Portland. I was living in yeah. uh, madison wisconsin for a while and i knew stuff was going on out here but i didn't know and then when i got out here i'm like are you shitting me this person's a neighbor with that person and like you could just go up and talk to them and i'm like but they're comic book <laughs> you know so it's a it's a it's a good vibe so i like tapping into uh uh into your work ryan yeah that's yeah portland i i've never been out there but I've got friends out there. One of my best comic friends is Portland based and I've got floating world floating world. Yes. One of my you know, bucket list shops to get to. Well, next time I go to floating world, what I'll do is I'll take a video of me walking around and, and show you some items in there. One of, uh, one of the more fun episodes was with the, um, uh, 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 Greg and Fake, uh, the Santos oh, sisters, yeah. uh, comic, and uh, we've uh, something rather than nothing. Podcast has graced uh, the adverts in the, that lovely uh, publication. So I think I'll it emerges as a, a weird, uh, sleazy 1970s uh, New York Lower East Side uh, trading of comics and uh, other ephemera. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good vibe. Um, 
Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on on the show. Uh, I really look forward to checking out your art. And, uh, of course, um, Awful Quiet on Instagram. Check out uh, Ryan and on the on the website. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Kev. Thank you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing.